Good afternoon, folk. Welcome to another edition of Looking Up on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here just outside of Newcastle in Walls End where we are directing traffic from this afternoon and I want to welcome you. My name is Danny and I am here with my good friend and co-host Sharissa. Welcome. Thank you, Pastor Danny. It's good to be here again with you. Yes, it is. We've been, been a while. Um, it's been a little while. Two weeks. Since, yeah, a couple of weeks. So we'll share a little on what's been happening during that time. We weren't on air last week because we were both away and we'll share a little on that a little later. And we are here with our producer, Shell. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, would we? <laughs> I, I can barely turn up to the studio on time, let alone let alone produce a program. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Shell. Great to have you on board. And um, wherever you are today, we want to give you a big, warm welcome. And it's a, a beautiful autumn day. It really is a beautiful autumn day here where we are. And so wherever you are, whether it be in Tasmania or out west in WA or up north in the Northern Territory or somewhere overseas, wherever you are, a big warm welcome to Looking Up. And I pray that you will be thoroughly blessed today. Mm. Now, today is going to be the second part of this extremely um, important and very interesting series, Sharissa, that we kicked off um, with Shell's husband, Lyle, Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago on the seal of God and the mark of the beast. And so, yeah, we're going to continue to explore that. Uh, this afternoon. So if you have a note bag, if you have a note bag, if you have a notebook, <laughs> you might have a note bag as well, but <laughs> if you've got a notebook handy and a pen and the Bible, I'd encourage you to sort of prepare that. Um, and in a little bit, we'll, we'll be getting going. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to give you some contact details. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to send us through a question or a comment, feel free to do that on 1-800-324-843, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us your question or comment on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. So we've got a lot of exciting things to share this afternoon, um, it's an ex- it's it's a very important subject, wouldn't you say, Sharissa? Very important. Couldn't be more relevant. <laughs> and especially those who are living um, on the eve of the coming of Jesus. And I believe, based on what I'm seeing taking place all around me on a day by day basis, Sharissa, that. We are not that far away from mm. the sound of the trumpet, and mm. I'm so looking forward to that, and I'll share with you in a little while why I'm, why I'm looking forward to that day even more so. Mm. But in the meantime, um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to have some uh, beautiful music from Aaron Robinson, our great saviour, Jesus, lover of my soul. Sit back and enjoy this beautiful song, and we'll be back in just a moment. What a friend for sinners Jesus, lover of my soul Friends may fail me, foes assail me He, my Savior, makes me whole Hallelujah, what I Thank you. 
You are with Danny and Sharissa on Looking Up on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Wherever you are, whether you're driving or whether you're just at home or wherever you may be out and about walking the dog, <laughs> I want to give you a big warm welcome and I hope you're having a great day. And um, you're in for an action-packed Bible study and, uh, yeah, current events program once again, Sharissa. Mm-hmm. It's always current, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That, that's what our show is. That's what our show is. Looking up, people may be thinking, why on earth do they call that looking up? Aren't you supposed to be looking up rather than looking down? But it's more than just keeping your head up and not mm-hmm. bumping into the wall, Sharice. So why do we call it looking up? Because Jesus said when you see these things, these signs of the times, when you see these things happening all around you, he said, look up because your redemption is drawing near. So Amen. Jesus Amen. is coming soon. Absolutely. Do you remember where that scripture is found? Is it in Luke? Luke, yes. Chapter 21. Yes, 2 out of 2. Verse... 28. 28. <laughs> 28. Uh, Two out of three is pretty good, Shell. Would you say? Two out of three is pretty good. So, uh, we'll try it again, try next, again week. next week. <laughs> Luke 21, 28. Yes, indeed. When we see all these things taking place, and there's a whole bunch of things taking place, Charissa. Mm. I mean, I've been around for almost five decades. Mm. And it will be five decades this year. I can't believe that time has flown by. But I just think back to my time and... And the things that were going on, um, I guess, let's just say from the age of 20, 
I don't really remember too much of what was going on in the world before 20, you know, what it's like you're in high school and you're just not interested in the news, you never watch the news, you don't know what's going on really. You're more concerned about, um, you know, where the principal is and where the teachers are and if they can see what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. That's kind of the main mm-hmm. main focus at that age. But in the last 30 years, I I have not witnessed... Um, what we what's been taking place, I guess, in the last five, ten years, and in particular the last twelve months, is what I've seen in the in the previous twenty years. Well, I haven't lived as long as you, but I feel like last year was a bit of a, a ramping up of it was. things. The world changed again. It did, it did, and so um, and and it's still continuing to change. So we mm-hmm. have a convergence. Um, mm-hmm. I use that term. We have a convergence of of biblical prophetic events taking place, and it's almost uh, you know a challenge. It's a challenge to know where to begin. You mm-hmm. know what do we deal with? Um, and so on this program, fortunately, we have week by week, and we've got plenty of time in the course of of of, of the coming weeks and months, and who knows how long um, to be able to unpack all these different important messages from Bible prophecy and how they impact us when it comes to preparing for the coming of Jesus. So that's what this show is all about, helping people prepare for the soon return of Jesus and so that they can prepare their friends and their family. Amen. Amen. So before we get into any of that, uh, firstly, let's just, yeah, touch base. Where where have you been and what have you done this past week? Like we weren't on air, you and I weren't on air Last Wednesday, so where were you? You were so, wagging. You must have been. I've been away two weeks, and the oh, week before, weeks, yes. uh, my husband and I were up in Mwollomba, mm-hmm. where there was like a mission training school for people that want to, you know, give themselves to sharing, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever they can. So that was exciting to meet a bunch of people who were really excited to be learning more about the Bible. Uh, that was the week before, and then last week I was at a thing called Little Big Camp. Little Big Camp. What on earth would that be? Yeah, it was at Stewart's Point. It's like the the camp meeting, if you can call it that, for the North New South Wales Conference of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and uh, they had they had a lot of people there, mm. but it still felt too big for me. Like I don't really like camping. <laughs> well, you're from you're from the smoke, aren't you? The big smoke. Yeah, there's some smoke in Sydney, so. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn to camp better, but that's where I was. Okay. How many people were at Little Big Camp? So I think the Little Big Camp was 1,600. Far out. 1,600 yeah. people. And they usually have double that, yeah, you know, right. and it's usually twice as long. The people wasn't such a problem. It's just the whole camping thing uh, in a you, tent. Did you encounter any friendly spiders in your tent? I did. I think I got bitten. <laughs> Are you serious? I got some bites on my leg, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous to go camping. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder your hesitancy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway. I think it was in my sleeping bag. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What about Justin? Oh, he loves camping. He loves camping. Yeah. Yeah. So That's why I'm trying to love camping. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep trying. Yeah. Look, you'll get there eventually. You'll yeah. get there eventually. And, um... Yeah, my wife wasn't big. wasn't a big fan of camping, mm-hmm. um, but eventually she she got into it, and um, she's still not a big fan. <laughs> I think I think if you're not a big fan, it's going to be hard to you know make that complete transition. Shell, are you a bit of a camp? She loves it. You're a fan of camping. Shell she loves, loves a oh. long big camp too. <laughs> oh, a month long big camp. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, no, I love big camp. Um, I enjoy the whole camping experience. So. Yeah, any excuse to get out there. I unfortunately wasn't able to to go this time. Uh, a few weeks ago, I think I shared with our listeners that my dear grandmother 
mm. age 92, passed away. And that was a very sad moment. Uh, those of you who have a very close attachment to your grandparents will know that. Are your grandparents still alive, Sharissa? Yes, they are. All four oh, of them? Just two. Okay, two yeah. of them. Okay. And, um, they're very special. They're very special, yes. Yeah. Look, you know what? There's something about grandparents um, in that you you go to their home feeling a bit down, dejected, not valued as much, and you come away thinking you're the best person on the planet. Like <laughs> yeah. You're perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. You can't do anything wrong. It's just amazing. <laughs> and then I get back home and, re- and reality kicks in. And my wife's like, you're not at your grandparents anymore. You got to wash your own dishes. You got to do this. You got to do that. <laughs> anyway, grandparents are very special. So, yes, yeah, so it was sad losing my grandma. Um, I guess it'll be just over four weeks ago now. Mm. And then 20 days later, Sharissa, believe it or not, her dear husband who was heartbroken, age 91, so he's a year younger, he passed away. I can't believe it. My, both my grandparents passed away in the space mm. of three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Two funerals. Two funerals. So I had to fly down on both times and both times I took the funerals and organized and so on and so forth. But mm. yeah, it was, um, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, as I think about that, uh, you know, my grandfather married to my grandmother for like almost 75 years. That's amazing. August 9 would have been 75 years. Wow. So I was planning a big, a big um, family gathering to celebrate their, you know, 75th anniversary. Um, and so, yeah, he, he found it really tough. Mm. He said to me, look, I just can't. I just can't bear the thought of living without your grandma. They had been inseparable. Mm-hmm. For more than seven decades, it's impossible mm-hmm. to, to kind of understand. But anyway, they're now awaiting the sound of the trumpet. Mm-hmm. They're both buried in the same grave. Aww. Both buried in the same grave. The graveyards are the places that are the saddest places in this world, but one day when mm-hmm. Jesus comes, it'll be one of the, the happiest mm-hmm. places. You know <laughs> most what? exciting places. I, I think about the coming of Jesus, Charissa, and I would love to be perched <laughs> on a little hill overlooking a massive graveyard where, you know, God's people, you know, God's professed, many of God's professed people were, and um, only God knows, you know, the human mm-hmm. heart. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be amazing to see those graves pop open mm. and uh, to see individuals coming out, not as they went in, mm-hmm. you know, old with um, issues or sicknesses or whatever it may be, but coming out in the in, in, in the vigor of youth such as we cannot even begin to imagine. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really, really awesome. Amen. Yes, yeah, so looking forward to that, folk. Um, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Indeed, we are drawing near to the sound of the trumpet. So that's where I was uh, last week. Didn't get a chance to go to camp. And it was actually a week today um, that we had my grandfather's funeral. But he was a man of faith. Grandma was a woman of faith. They were just so strong in their faith, you know. Just a wonderful legacy left behind of faithfulness, family, um, you know, commitment to friends and so on and so forth. Mm, yeah. It's very special. Yeah, you very, could have them for so long. Yeah, but the good news is we're looking forward to reuniting. Amen. You know, the pause button will be pressed yeah. and the play button will continue, but this time it'll be the perfect play. Amen. So looking forward to that. You know, speaking about life and mm. the things of life, today is actually Queen Elizabeth's birthday. Is it? Yeah. How many has she racked up? Uh, I think it's her 95th birthday. Wow, yeah. 95. Yeah. And she's suffered loss. That's right. Yeah, yeah just, just this lost past. lost Prince Philip, so. Yeah, so... um. 
And I think they were married for 73 years. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. <laughs> when one you were year talking. less than my grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's still an amazing amount, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that's been in the news. Um, what else What else has been um, in the news, um, Sharissa, that you have found interesting? Well, um, I think in the headlines today, it's Derek Chauvin, um, the man, the police officer who was kneeling on George Floyd's yes. neck, has just been pronounced or found guilty of murder and manslaughter over George Floyd's death. So that's in all the headlines today. Mm. And certainly there's a lot of tension mm. over there right now. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what the judge um, administers to. Mm-hmm. To Derek Chauvin regarding a sentence. Yeah, it was also nice to see the travel bubble with New Zealand open. Yes. I watched people, you know, reuniting at the airport. It's quite moving uh, to watch yeah. that. Um, and then they found someone had COVID <laughs> the next day or what is Oh, is it closed again? I don't know if it's closed, but anyway, oh. Oh, concerns. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It, it's, it, I guess for me... Um, it really is a taste. I mean, I've been to the airport waiting for family, um, friends. I have been, you know, coming to the airport, you know, um, looking forward to meeting my family, my friends and so forth. And it really is a taste of what eternity is going to be like when mm. Jesus comes. We've talked about that. You know, that great reunion. You can just imagine the joy, um, you know, family and friends uniting after 12 months of not being able to see one another because literally New Zealand is like another state of Australia. If you think about it. Yeah, well, from a travel point of view. It's across the ditch. It's across the ditch, exactly (laughs) right. I mean, all you need, I mean, we lived in New Zealand for six years. Okay. And, uh, you know, New Zealand, Australia, you know, very similar. New Zealanders are great people. I just love New Zealanders. New Zealand, we had a blast. We were there for six years and it was just an amazing time. One of our daughters was born there, so we've got a little Kiwi at home. And, yeah, many happy memories, just beautiful people in New Zealand. And if it wasn't for the dodgy weather, the terrible beaches and being so far away from home, we'd probably live there. Mm. Yeah, we wouldn't want to come back to Australia. It was such a, a beautiful place to live. But anyway, you know, just the the reunions and, and the emotions, like you said, it reminds us of, of what's going to take place when Jesus comes, those incredible reunions. be a very happy day. Oh, it's going to be an amazing day. <laughs> um, I guess... Uh, Another thing um, that, that, I mean, that's been taking place, we're going to talk a little bit about it in, in, in our opening um, of our Bible study, which will be after the news in just a little bit. But obviously the, the COVID is, is continuing to hit the mm-hmm. headlines. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's literally first piece of news Getting pretty much every day. <laughs> pretty much every day, that's first piece of yeah. news. Unless something major takes place, unless it's Prince's you know, he passes away mm-hmm. or or I guess now Derek Chauvin will probably be on the news probably uh, tonight first up. Anything major like that. Otherwise, it's pretty much on there, you know, first uh, first up every every night. And it's been interesting just to see how things are, how things are in a very interesting position now. Um, people are not quite sure about taking the vaccine. Yeah, there was another lady, sadly, yeah. not far from here. Not far from here, yeah. Um, from the church just down the road. Exactly, Who yeah. died That's after right. the AstraZeneca That's vaccine. right, yeah. I think she was only like 44 or something. Yeah. 48. 48. 48, yeah. And um, uh, apparently she had, yeah, she had some underlying health con- issues, but still she was, she was fine. She was at work and, yeah. and all of a sudden, yeah, she developed a blood clot. So there is a bit of nervousness out there, um, but there's some yeah very interesting things being rolled out. We're going to tap on that because there's a lot of people who are asking, 
is uh, the mark of the beast possibly linked or is it, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine? Because there are some very interesting um, parallels mm. that we're going to deal with after the news um, that I've been looking at. Well, the travel passport. The travel passport is one that a number of countries are taking on board or looking into. Israel, I think, is sort of leading the charge. Mm. And we're going to look at that. And so, yeah, if you, if you have a travel uh, passport. You can go to the gym, you can go to hotels, you can go to restaurants, um, exhibitions, swimming pools, sports venues, and so on and so forth. But if you don't, you won't be able to go. Hmm. And so that's what, that's what they're rolling out in, in Israel. And, uh, I was just reading today, the UK have vaccinated, I think, over 30 million of its citizens, and they're seriously considering their own COVID passport, um, or green, Green passport, whatever they, whatever they'll call it. Wow, it'll be really interesting to watch that space. Yeah, that yeah. Develops. So it's going to be interesting. So I think we're we're, we're a little bit behind Australia. Mm. You know, the US and Europe uh, are sort of they're they're a long way ahead when it comes to vaccination and and putting in place different measures. We're a little bit behind, but we will all catch up. We'll all end up being on the same page, I'm sure. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, when we move into our Bible study on the mark of the beast and the seal of God. But we, in the meantime, are going to be listening to some music from Mark Schultz, Remember Me, and then we're going to come back with our Bible study. So don't go away, folk. We've got this song, we've got the news, and then we have our Bible study. So sit back, uh, bring your seatbelt. You're going to need it, and we're going to have a blast. God bless and enjoy. Remember me In a Bible cracked and faded by the year Remember me In a sanctuary filled with silent prayer
remember me When the children leave their Sunday school with smiles Remember me When they're old enough to teach Old enough to preach Old enough to think And age to age And heart to This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you you there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Thank you. 
to Andy McLeod's Signs of the Times and we have been talking about that, Sharissa that the signs of the times are telling us that Jesus is coming very, very soon and that is good news that is the best news indeed so that was a song that had a little bit of everything there the apocalypse and um, the seal of God the mark of the beast and you know, looking up did you notice those words? looking up, mm-hmm. look up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is why we call this program Looking Up Because Jesus said, when you see all these things taking place at a rapid pace, when those labor pains uh, begin to accelerate, then look up because your redemption is drawing near. And that is is what we are looking forward to. And that is what we are seeking to enable others to prepare for as well. So that's why we do what we do, not just to fill in time and fill in space because we've got nothing better to do on a Wednesday afternoon. Isn't that right? Amen. (laughs) <laughs> so today we are continuing this journey where um, we're in the book of Daniel. You may be thinking the mark of the beast, the seal of God. I don't remember reading about that in the book of Daniel. 
Now, that that subject is in the book of Revelation, in the heart of the book of Revelation. But as we have uh, shared on a previous um, occasion, in fact, when we first began, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation go hand in hand. These two books are twins. One unpacks uh, prophecy from... Uh, from one perspective, the other from another perspective. And so when you put the two together, um, you have the complete picture of Bible prophecy. So Daniel and Revelation, they need to be studied together. You cannot really study them in isolation. So although we're going through the book of Daniel chapter by chapter, we are also tapping into the book of Revelation to get some more insights to fill in the gap so that we can have the complete picture. So we have been in Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel chapter 7 there, we discovered that God uh, describes the the nations of of the then known world mm-hmm. and in particular how it all relates to um, God's people and we discovered that you know God gave um, symbols of animals you know lion uh, bear leopard and dragon beast um, symbolizing Babylon and medo Persia Greece and Rome and then out of the Roman Empire there would arise another power mm-hmm and what was that power? A referred? little horn. A little horn power. That's yeah. right. And we discovered that this little horn power is the same power in Revelation 13, this beast that comes up out of the sea that has seven, uh, seven heads and ten horns that is made up of a lion, a leopard, and a bear. That's right. It's a composite beast. A composite beast, yeah. And so this beast is the same power as that little horn power. It doesn't get more clear as linking Daniel no, chapter 7 yeah, to so, Revelation 13. So the parallels, there's a number of parallels. We've looked at them in the past. And we've discovered that this little horn power or this um, beast power in Revelation 13, it's also referred to in Thessalonians by Paul in Second Thessalonians as the man of sin or uh, the son of perdition called the Antichrist by John. Um, this power is none other than the uh, than the apostate Roman Church state mm-hmm. or the the Christian Church of the Dark Ages That's and right. all the way through to today. Mm-hmm. And so this is this power. And now when we take a look at the mark of the beast or the mark of this power, this church state um, union that we have, um, this uh, yeah, the church of the Dark Ages, uh, the Roman church, when we take a look at what its mark is, the Bible actually tells us. Mm-hmm. So that's a little of, of where we have been. Now we are taking a look at this subject of the mark of the beast, Sharissa, and um, we want to probably read that passage just to get us started where the mark of the beast um, is highlighted in a major way Mm -hmm. in the three angels' messages. It's the third and final message that brings the world to decision. So if you'd like to read... Revelation 14, but we're going, to, we're going to begin with prayer because this is a subject that we dare not study with pr- without prayer. Mm. So do you want to pray and then we can plunge into that passage? Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege we have to study your word. And as we do, we invite your Holy Spirit. May he speak to our hearts and help us to understand this important truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we have um, in Revelation 14, we have what's uh, referred to as the three angels' messages. It's God's final message. Message of love to the world. It's referred to as the everlasting gospel. We have the first angel's message in verses six and seven. We have the second angel's message in verse eight. Yep. And then we have the third angel's message 
in verses 9 to 12. So would you like to read Revelation 14 verses 9 to 12? Sure. The Bible says, Then a third angel followed them, that is the previous two, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay, thank you. Now, we pointed out uh, two weeks ago when we first opened this subject that this is the most serious warning in all of Revelation. That's right. Possibly the entire Bible. Yes, I believe so. Uh, there is no more serious warning that God gives. Now, you got to ask yourself the question, Sharissa, if God gives such a warning under no circumstances, are you to take on board the mark of the beast in your forehead or in your right hand? Would he then not make it abundantly clear what it is? That's a really good point. If it's that important, God's going to make sure everybody can understand yeah. who puts their mind to it. Yeah, you, you think about you think about how God has operated from the very beginning of time mm. when he created Adam and Eve. Did he make it crystal clear as to how many trees in the garden they could enjoy and what particular tree was off limits? Did he make that clear? Crystal clear. And it wouldn't be fair if he didn't. Absolutely. Like it it wouldn't be, we could charge God with not being fair. Absolutely. And I'm a parent, right? And I know that it would be, it would be so, so unfair if I punished my children for something they didn't know they weren't allowed to do. Good point. That'd be so wrong. Really good point. And I mean, Jesus said, you know, you being, you being fathers are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, mm-hmm. how much more your heavenly father will give good gifts to those who love him. So as parents, if we don't operate like that when it comes to how we deal with our children, you know, our children get in trouble for things that they know full well they're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. Mm. And so God in the same way will make it abundantly clear because this group of individuals who sadly take on board the mark of the beast, they will be lost. That's the that's the bottom line. You can read about that in Revelation. You know, they receive the seven last plagues. They are lost forevermore. So we have the mark of the beast, but then we also have its opposite. The seal of God. The seal of God, yes. The seal of God. So you'll either have one or the other. Yeah, and I like that. There's a very big definite contrast. And Mm. I think you guys, you and Lyle probably talked about this. Yeah, we started talking about that, um, the seal of God and the mark of the beast. And we discovered that Revelation is full of opposites. Mm -hmm. Um, There are opposites in in many ways. And I'm just going to highlight some of them. You know, we've got the lamb versus the dragon. Yeah. The new Jerusalem versus Babylon. We have the Holy Trinity mm-hmm. versus the Counterfeit Trinity. Mm-hmm. We have the Three Angels' Messages versus the Three Frogs. Mm-hmm. We have the Commandment Keepers versus the Commandment Breakers in Revelation 22. We have the Virgin versus the Harlot, two mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. in Revelation. You know, we have the Bride and the Lamb versus the Harlot and the Beast. We have the Saved who inherit the new earth and the Lost who sadly are lost in the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. 
We have eternal life versus eternal death. We have the righteous versus the unrighteous, the holy versus the whole unholy, and the seal of God versus the mark of the beast. So we have these two opposites running all the way through Revelation. Yeah. In fact, we have that all the way through Scripture. Mm, good point. Yeah, you think of the two... Light and dark. <laughs> yeah, you think of Adam and Eve's first two boys. Yeah. They chose two... Cain and Abel, yeah. two ways of worship. Two ways of worship that chose two different paths. Mm. And so um, we, we have discovered uh, the seal of God, and we're going to continue on with that, because when we discover what the seal of God is, then the mark of the beast becomes elementary. It really is a no-brainer, and it's just so, so simple to understand. So just in case you're joining us for the first time uh, and you weren't here for part A, I'd encourage you to go to our website, go to the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Go to the podcast section there, and you will find looking up. All the podcasts are there from all our previous programs, and you can take a listen to the program that was aired uh, two weeks ago. So that would be April 7, 2021, and that is the first part of this message. So you'll be able to catch up on where we are continuing on with today. Now, we discovered that a seal has three elements. Do you remember what those three elements are off the top of your head? A seal, a government seal, any official seal. I even have a seal. You have a seal. I have a seal? You do. And I've I'll not sh- seen my seal. Yes, you do. I'll share that with you. But anyway. Okay. What? Yeah. So, well, I'm thinking about the President of the United States. Yeah. This is a picture I've seen of his yes. seal. Yes, so yes. it has his title, yes. President, yeah. his name. Yeah. Well, so now it's Joe Biden. Yep. And his territory, so President of the United States of America. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those three elements um, make up a seal. So name, title, so, territory. So my territory. Okay. Well, well. Before that, before <laughs> that, before that, let's go to the Australian coin. Okay. Yeah. And on the Australian coin, some of you may have an Australian coin somewhere, <laughs> and you can check this out for yourself. But on the Australian coin, we have uh, the image of Queen Elizabeth II. And this is interesting because this comes to us from ancient times. Because I shared in our last program that ancient kings would often put their image on a seal. Mm-hmm. Their actual image on a seal so that everyone knew um, this came from the king and also coins. Yes. You know, this is nothing new to the Australian coin. We have, you know, the, the Roman emperors, they would put their image on the coin to say that, hey, I'm in charge, and Mm -hmm, so forth. mm -hmm. And anyway, so if you take a look at the Australian coin, you have these three elements. So as you pointed out, you have uh, the Queen's name, which is Elizabeth II. It's there on the left-hand side of the coin as I'm looking at it. Then you have her title, which is the crown on her head, uh, Queen. And then you have her dominion, Australia, which is territory. Yeah, territory, which is part of the Commonwealth. Mm, I'm not um, of that. I like it. So there you go. Now, okay, back to your question. <laughs> yeah, what's my territory? What's your ter- no, no, what's your seal? <laughs> you want <laughs> Charissa, Charissa, name. Okay, so you, you, you tell me. Okay, Charissa, Charissa name, is your name. Title. Title. Mrs. No, no, no. What do you do? <laughs> no, what, what do you do for a living? Oh, um... So, prayer coordinator. Prayer coordinator. Okay. okay, that's your title. So, Charissa, prayer coordinator of what? 
Oh, North New South Wales. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> wow, I have a seal. <laughs> you have a seal. You have a seal. And um, it struck me once when I was, um, you know, just signing a letter. Uh-huh. You know, I had my name there, Danny Milankov, you know, um, pastor and the particular church that I was at. And I'm like, whoa, I've got a seal. I'm just like the queen. So when you put your seal on something, you, you, you own it. That's it. You be, it belongs to you. That's exactly right, Sharissa. That's exactly right. And um, if I just want to just uh, go back and just point out the significance of a seal, there are five key points, uh, the significance of a seal, and that is proof of ownership is mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Proof of authenticity is the second one. Mm-hmm. Proof of approval is the third. Number four, proof of irreversibility. Just like the seal that um, King Darius put, on the law of the Medes, the law and the Medes and the Persians that cannot be changed, yeah. as well as the seal, as well as Jesus' uh, tomb was sealed when he was buried, and this last one that I mentioned earlier, um, earlier proof of likeness. Ancient kings used cylindrical seals to roll their likeness onto the soft wax so that all who would later see the seal would recognize the likeness of the king. Mm. And this is fascinating because God wants to place his seal on us, his likeness on us, and recreate us back into his what? Image. Image. Yes. Oh, we got full circle. How awesome is that? <laughs> so the seal of God at the end of time is God placing his image that he created us in at the very beginning of time to have that unity with him in our hearts and in our minds. And here goes Sharissa. She is on a mission. She is now opening the scriptures and she's going to have something exciting for us. And you're going to have to. Have you found something? Have you, Sharissa? Yeah, I Go have. for it. Go for it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Wow, this show has gone into high gear, (laughs) just like that. Where was that found again? That's a great scripture. That was 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Okay, folk, you want to jot that scripture down. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. That is a gem. Thank you for sharing that, Sharice. I didn't have that um, in my notes this afternoon, but that just pulls the, the whole picture together, isn't it? We're transformed into the image of Christ little by little, day by day, from glory to glory. Well, folk, uh, we've got some more exciting things to share. Sit back in the meantime and listen to Sunset Worship in the image of God. Go, Shell, spot on. <laughs> Life begins in me, perfect and complete, beautiful and holy, good, all your work is good.
to Sunset Worship. I hope and pray you enjoyed that song. We are in this Bible study, this amazing Bible study that is um, yeah, just uh, very powerful. I'm and loving it. I know you are. You are really getting into high gear now. No <laughs> doubt about it. I love to see it. I love to see it. We are looking at the mark of the beast and the seal of God this afternoon and we are looking at the seal of God for we have come to the conclusion Based on scripture, if we, if we, if we find out from scripture what the seal of God is, well then the mark of the beast, which, which is the opposite to the seal of God, will be straightforward. Mm-hmm. And we'll discover that in, in a little bit as we go along. So, so now we, we've discovered that the seal of God has three elements because seals have three elements back in ancient times and they have three elements today, you know, on the coin. We looked at that. So, 
According to Isaiah chapter 8, 16, whereabouts will God place his seal? What does it say there? Do you want to read that for us? Yeah, this is really interesting. Isaiah 8, 16 says, Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. Mm, so what is sealed amongst the disciples? God's law. God's law. Okay, so, so here we are given a clue where to look for the seal of God. We are to look for it in his law, his law of love. And we ought not to be surprised because the Ten Commandments, God's holy law, is a transcript of his character. Sorry. It's who he is. So we need to go to the Ten Commandments. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. And Exodus chapter 20 is where we find the Ten Commandments. Now, we won't take the time because we don't have the time to read through the entire Ten Commandments. But Sharissa, there is only one commandment out of the ten, and you won't find, well, we need to find God's name, we need to find his title, and we need to find his authority or his territory that he rules over, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're not going to find that in the last six, because that's dealing with our relationships with one another. So we're going to look for it in the first four. Okay. Which are in connection with our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Now, there's only one commandment that has those three elements. Mm -hmm. Which one is it? It's the fourth. It's the fourth. Okay. Well, would you like to read for us um, the fourth commandment? And maybe, yeah, just read it all the way through. I think it would be nice to read the whole thing from verse 8 all the way through to verse 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Well, there you go. There you go. We have God sealed. I hope our listeners picked up um, those yeah. three elements. Did you pick up on those three elements? Yes, I in did. In particular, in verse eleven. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's 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 take a look. Where are they? You want to point well, them out? His territory stands out pretty quickly. He's the one who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Sea, yep. Heaven, earth, and sea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, his title. Well, he's the one who made. Okay, so that means he's the what? Creator. He's the creator. Yep. And uh, his name, well, he's the Lord. The Lord. Lord your God. The Lord your God. So there is his name, his title, and his dominion or the territory that he rules over. So and here, it's so important. And like, as you said, no other commandment has this. It's no, like it's, it's like a love letter one. without someone signing their it's name. It's the only one. But there's more. <laughs> oh, really? But there is more. Now, you've got to go to the three angels' messages. Check oh. this out. The first angels' message, Revelation 14.7. Revelation 14.7. <laughs> I am so excited. So, so, so excited. <laughs> All right, here it is. All right, Revelation 14, 7, folk, listen up. See if you can find those three things, which are, what are we looking for? Uh, creator. Create and made. So, so title. Yeah, title. title name, name. And territory. And territory. Okay, here God's we go. God's title, name, and territory. Yes. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Wow. Do we have God's seal in the first angel's message? We do. Yes, we do. So those three elements. The first one is God's name, fear God. Yes. There we have we have his name. 
Worship him who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. So we have there his territory, heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And we have his title, worship him who made. Yes. Made creator. It's actually interesting there, the reference specifically to springs of water. I think the only other time that's mentioned is in reference to the flood. So it's also like... In a world where evolutionary mm. theory is going around. I haven't thought of that. That's a yeah. good point. Well, Justin and I were talking about it and he told me that. So wow. <laughs> I hadn't noticed it before. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like God's even calling attention to Bible yes, history there. He is. The he world. is. He is. And um, no, that's a fascinating point. And this passage here from Revelation 14, 7, this first angel's message is, is, is a direct reference. All the words aren't identical, but it's a direct it's reference to the fourth commandment. It's a direct reference. It's not an illusion, but it's using the language of the fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment. So this is what John is pulling from. So here we have God's seal in the very first angel's message where God is expounding his truth. Mm. It's very powerful. It's so interesting. And, you know, I know the, um, well, the, the issue in Revelation 13 is very clearly about worship. Mm. And the fourth commandment is the one that deals with specifically with worship. It is. And the whole book of Revelation is about worship, mm. as we've discovered, because the issue at the end of time is about worship. That's right. It's not so much about a vaccine. Mm. And now we're starting to, you know, um, answer that question. Uh, <laughs> is the COVID-19 vaccine or vaccines, is that or are they the mark of the beast? And the answer is no them like specifically they are not the mark of the beast because the issue is about worship Amen. it's about the sabbath yeah that's what we're looking at yeah. and so it's really fascinating because i did a little bit more digging sharissa yeah and where where does the language in the fourth commandment come from where does it come from originally from Genesis? From Genesis chapter 2, two. verse 3, where God mm. gives the Sabbath. So do you want to read that passage for us? Genesis 2, verse 3. And notice what we discover here as well. Genesis 2, verse 3. The Bible says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Oh, well, there you go. So there you have those three elements again. You gotta look a little bit more closely, but you have God's name. There is his name. Uh, you have his title. He created yeah. or he made, created and made. There is his title. And his territory or his dominion. Verse one. Is, no, there, there, all his work. Yep. All his the work. Heavens and the earth. Heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs and, and everything in them, which is basically all of Genesis chapter one, mm-hmm. which is the creation of the world. So there we have it. We have uh, God's seal. And it's fascinating to me that in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12, there the Sabbath is referred to in a very interesting way. Do you want to read that for us? Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Wow. So the Sabbath is what also? It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a seal and sign. These two words are interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sign. It's a bit like um, two individuals that get married. Mm-hmm. What do they give one another as an outward sign of their commitment, their loyalty, and their allegiance toward one another? The vows. Vows. But, but <laughs> what do people see 
on their hand. Oh, a ring? Yes. I was going to say, what do you have on your left hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wedding ring, a yeah. sign. Yeah, exactly. And the wedding ring, a wedding ring uh, is an outward sign mm. that you are unavailable. Mm-hmm. You know, you are taken and that is it. And the poor guy needs to look elsewhere. Yeah. Or the poor girl needs to look elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's interesting too, like God is the one who makes something holy. Yeah. So he made the Sabbath holy and in the Sabbath, by setting it aside and, and calling us to remember it, he's also reminding us that he's the one who changes us. Yeah. The creator recreates within us a yes. new heart, just like yes. David. Yes, 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 yes. So, folk, in a nutshell, the seventh day Sabbath is God's end time seal. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We have clearly um, unpacked that from Scripture. We haven't gone to Google. We haven't gone to TikTok. We haven't gone to Twitter. We haven't gone to Facebook. We haven't gone anywhere. We have gone to God's Word. Amen. And so the Sabbath is God's seal. It's very refreshing to see how simple that is. Yeah. You know, like, that's not complicated. No. God never complicates anything. Mm. Um, we tend to complicate things, but he doesn't. It's interesting when you take a look at the three angels' messages. Um, I think I've shared this in the past. I've summarized it in six words, the three angels' messages. The first angel's message, you know, uh, God shares the truth, you know, the gospel, you know, where, where, where we have his seal. Um, so God's truth. The second angel's message on Babylon where God, you know, he, he unmasks or God shares, you know, Satan's lies. He says, these are Satan's lies. It's called Babylon, sort of in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. In I the, love this. Yeah, and in the third angel's message, it's your choice. So you can respond to God's truth, Satan's lies, your choice. Amen. And the third angel's message is all about choice. And go back to the third angel's message, Sharissa, if you want to read. So we've got verses 9 to 11, which speak of uh, the beast, worshipping the beast, and his image, or receiving his mark. God warns against all three. And we're going we're gonna to unpack what the image of the beast is on another occasion, because that's a big, uh, a big study in and of itself. Now, we've already discovered who the beast is. We mentioned that earlier. That's you know, the Roman church state, according to Scripture, um, and according to many of the reformers. And now we're looking at the mark. But it's interesting, in verse 12... Okay, in opposition to those who receive the mark of the beast. Contrast. A contrast, we have another group, verse 12. And notice how they're described. This is just another, this is the icing on the cake for me, the icing on the cake. This makes it so crystal clear what we are dealing with. So we're going to read verse 12, Revelation 14, 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay, so... So the group that will honour God on his holy Sabbath day are described as what? Commandment keepers. They love Jesus. They love Jesus. Amen. And John fourteen fifteen, that's that famous scripture where you know, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know what? In the context of, of the end crisis that's just before us, it's interesting when you think about the Ten Commandments, mm. the, the other longest commandment, so the fourth commandment I think is the longest, yeah, but the, the one longest. that's second is the second commandment, yeah. which talks about making carved images. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the end there, it actually, Jesus was quoting that when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, because he says here in verse 6 of Exodus 20, verse 6, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm. So there's even like a cult of, like it's like God's, Borrowing back, yeah. don't bow down to this image, don't worship yes. the counterfeit at the yes, end. Yes, 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 and that's what Revelation taps into, do not worship, mm-hmm. you know, the counterfeit image, don't, because there will be an image that will be set up that all will be called to worship. 
But those who are loyal to God and keep his commandments, they won't. That is because, going back to what we said earlier, God is saying, do not set up another image. Do not worship another image because I have already created you in my image. Oh, amen. I have already <laughs> created you in my image and I've put my seal, my character in yes. your forehead and in your heart. You are mine. You belong to me because I've created you and then I've redeemed you. Mm by my precious blood. And so this is such a beautiful message, folk, and it's fascinating that in Revelation 14, 11, it says, those who receive the mark of the beast, it says they have no rest day or night. What's the Sabbath all about? Rest. Rest in Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And that's and that's in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Wow, so much more to unpack, folk. Um, we're going to go to some music, and then we're going to be back to continue our Bible study. This is, oh, remember the Sabbath. I just love this one. So just tune in. You're going to love this.
hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. That whole album um, is one of my favourites, Charissa. Mine too. I have listened to it over and over again on many occasions. You know, that that whole... I think that was the 25th anniversary of 3ABN. Mm-hmm. I think it was the 25th anniversary and they had that special music concert looking at... You know, all these powerful songs that that describe in in music, you know, the history of this prophetic movement that God has raised up, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist Church to be a blessing to the whole world, to prepare a people who are ready for the coming of Jesus, just like John the Baptist prepared people for the first coming of Jesus. And I am um, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not, not backward in stating uh, be it on radio, be it at church, be it wherever, in a most humble way, because we must be the most humble people on the planet, Seventh-day Adventists, but God has raised up this prophetic movement for such a time as this, to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. Amen. And so that's why we are dealing with subjects like this, because you won't hear this message in Christian circles today, because it's uh, not only is it not popular, uh, but it's certainly going against um, where prophetic teaching is leading people in, in Christianity in general. So it's almost as if God has a lone voice crying in the wilderness um, at the end of time like he did in the days of John the Baptist, calling people to make ready. Uh, for the coming of Jesus. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a real blessing to be sharing these messages and I pray that um, you are being blessed and you're being drawn closer to Jesus and your eyes are being opened up because I think that's really important, Sharissa. In order to make an intelligent choice, we need to have the information. We need to have the information in order to be able to do that. Amen. Yeah. And God's given it to us. And he's given it to us. And it's called B-I-B-L-E. And <laughs> yes, that's said, the book for me. <laughs> yes. Someone said, basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. I like and, that. that's, and that's just so true. These are the basic. And I like that word basic. Because what we're looking at is just simple. Mm-hmm. And God has made it simple because he knows that not everyone's educated. Um, there are some that have never spent a day um, in, in, in classrooms. And I can just say, say this, um, just before we continue on. I've been to Africa a number of times, um, to share messages such as this. Every time I share this message when I go to Africa, I've been to, you know, some of the Pacific Island nations and I encounter people in the audience that have never been to school. Mm. They've literally never been to school. Some that, that can't even write their name. But when this message is shared and through the power of the Holy Spirit, the message is so clear. They come to me and they say, wow, it's just so simple, so straightforward. And I can now make an intelligent decision. It's amazing. It is. The Bible is so simple that a child can understand. and so deep the theologian can get lost yeah, exactly. in it. <laughs> and, that, and that really is the miracle of the Scriptures. Yeah. That's why this is a divine document. It's the most powerful book in the world. It is. It is. It's the and Word of God. It is. There's nothing like it, and it's it's on a it's on a level that no other book, no other literature, um, even comes close to. Mm. All right. So we're looking at um, the seal of God, and we've discovered that the Sabbath, the seventh day Sabbath, is God's end time seal, mm-hmm. and it's all about God as Creator. It's all about worship. It's all about allegiance. It's all about um, ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just beautiful. And it's right there in the first angel's message. It is right there in the first angel's message. Yeah. And so, and so now we need to ask the question: How are we sealed? Like, how does God? Question. This is an extremely important question. So, how are God's people sealed at the end 
of time. Now, Scripture gives us the answer. So, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, if you would like to read that, and then we'll read Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.13, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so how are we sealed? Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit seals us after we hear the truth. So we hear the truth of the gospel, and the Holy Spirit is the one that seals that message of truth in our hearts and in our minds. So it's like a settling into the truth. Like a, That's a beautiful that God in. puts into us. Exactly. <laughs> As we allow the truth yeah, to Yeah, exactly. And just like a, a seal, you know, um, has has an imprint. Mm. People, people, you know, put their seals or people put, you know, messages on concrete. And I've been to the Middle East and there, you know, thank God that they wrote on stone. <laughs> you know? And it's interesting, the Ten Commandments, what yeah, are they written on? Stone. Stone. The finger of God. By the finger of God. Amazing. You know, to, to last forever. Mm. To last forever. Ephesians 4.30, do you want to read that scripture as well? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Oh, wow. Can you see the pieces coming together? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. This is, this is like a beautiful jigsaw puzzle that we're it's putting together. It's very calming. Together. It's very peaceful. Like mm-hmm. it's, God does it all. He does it. Yeah, so it's the Holy Spirit who seals us. So the Holy Spirit's not the seal, mm-hmm. but the Holy Spirit seals us. And the Sabbath is simply that outward sign of our allegiance to God. Just our like, inward reality of exactly, complete surrender. Exactly. So it's the outward sign that we have fully surrendered our hearts and lives to Christ and that we want to worship Him and Him alone. We want to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. You think about it, like if God didn't give us the Sabbath, like it would be very hard really to tell a difference in the life of someone who's following God. Mm. Like they could follow God in their hearts and no one would know. But when you keep the Sabbath, it really is, as you say, an outward sign. It affects your life. It, your priorities are changed because you're putting aside time yeah. that God has asked you to put aside. It's that outward sign, and we read about that in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. chapter 20, verse 12, earlier on, where God says, you know, the Sabbath shall be a sign between you and me forever. Now, some might say, oh, he's talking to the children of Israel. That was the Sabbath. Uh, was the Sabbath was the sign between God's people um, back in the days of Israel and and himself. But the last time I checked my Bible in the book of Hebrews, I'm not sure if you're going there, but in the book of Hebrews it says, uh, let us all enter into God's rest. Yes. You know, this is New Testament and using the fourth commandment as the reference. What did you want to share? I was thinking of Revelation twenty two fourteen, where yeah. there's a promise in where God says, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, may enter through the gates to mm. the city. And and read um verse so you read Revelation twenty two fourteen. Mm-hmm. Read Revelation twenty two thirteen. Verse 13, the previous verse. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, sorry. Well, sorry, 15. I was thinking of 15. The other way. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Mm, so inside the city are those who love Jesus and keep the commandments through his power and strength. Outside the city are the commandment breakers. That's a good point. Yeah. Because they are, um, yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's fascinating that. That Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, keep my command. And it points out there those who love and practice a lie. Mm. And it's interesting because I think it's First John chapter two, um, 
not sure if it's verse 4, but I'm sort of going off memory. But it says, He who says he loves me but does not keep my commandments is a liar. liar. Is a liar. And who is the father of lies? That's the the devil. devil. The devil and Satan. So we see that connection there. All right, my friend. Well, we are now at a point where we can ask the all-important question that we are leading up to. And by now, many of our listeners are probably like, I know what the mark of the beast is. If it's the opposite to the seal of God, and the seal of God is the seventh day Sabbath at the end of time as an outward sign between God and his people who are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, and let me just say this. It's fascinating that Revelation 18.1 is a description of the Holy Spirit being poured out at the end of time in what the Bible refers to as latter rain power. Mm. The whole earth Mm -hmm. is lit up with the glory of God or with the character of God. And so the Holy Spirit at the end of time is busy sealing all those that choose to be part of God's wow, people. Revelation 18.1, you link that with Revelation 14.12. Yeah, Revelation I like 14, that. 7. I really like that That's because powerful. God's people will be sealed in the seven last plagues. You That's know, right. They're They'll preserved. Be safe. They're, they're preserved. It's a bit like Noah. I've yeah. been doing a series on Noah and I'm going to do that on, on 3ABN, so I'm preparing for that. That's got some filming next week but it says um, there in the story of Noah, God shut him in mm-hmm. God sealed him God sealed Noah and his family and the door could not be opened once God sealed it until God said it was time to leave the ark and in the same way at the end of time God will seal his people those who have God's seal will not receive the seven last plagues yep. but sadly those who do have the mark of the beast will receive the seven last plagues. And you can read about that, you know, in the rest of Revelation, in particular Revelation 16 um, verses um, uh, 2 and 3, I think. No, verse verse 2, it speaks of it there. But we won't take the time to read that. Okay, now, what is the mark of the beast? All right, well, the first thing, the first question we need to ask is, um, who is the beast? Mm-hmm. Because this is the mark of authority of the beast. Mm-hmm. And we've already discovered that the beast of Revelation 13 is none other than the Roman papacy or the Roman church state. The fourth beast of Daniel 7 with the little horn. That's right. The little horn power of Daniel chapter 7. Now, just in case, uh, you may be thinking, whoa, when did you guys come up with this? (laughs) Uh, This is nothing new. This is nothing new to the third millennium. This is a teaching based on scripture that has been shared by reformers all the way down through the years. Let me just give you a few. The Waldenses, okay, they shared on this truth. They identified the, the papacy as the beast um, or the little horn power. Uh, Hugh Latimer, Ul- Ulrich Zwingli, Philip Melanchthon, John Knox, Thomas Cranmer, Nicholas Ridley, Martin Luther, the one who is... Um, you know the 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 church, the Lutheran Church, is uh, is based around his teachings. John Wycliffe, William Tyndale, John Wesley, John Calvin, John Huss—that's just to name a few. It's a very small list. <laughs> <laughs> so these these individuals all um, spoke of this power in Revelation thirteen as none other than the uh, papal system, mm-hmm. the Roman papal system, because it was so clear to them. They could see all the points and it all just fitted. There was no other power, no other political religious power that would fit that. So that's who the beast is. Now, we know from Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25 that this power would seek to change God's times and law. And this is what we're, this is what we're looking at right now. So a law dealing with time? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? And in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three and four, do you want to read what the apostle Paul has to say regarding this power? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Wow. So what do we have from this passage? A lot. <laughs> what is what is this power? <laughs> I love that response. What is what does this power seek to do? It's going to seek worship. Worship. Yeah. Sit as God in the temple of God. The temple of God is a reference to the people of God mm-hmm. because you are the temple of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. um, and so this power will seek to take on board worship that belongs to God and God alone. Mm, interesting. And the Sabbath is all about worship. Yeah. It's all about worship. Now, what's fascinating is this is what the church says. The Church of Rome, and I'm reading from its own publication, the Catholic Ferrari's Ecclesiastical Dictionary. Maybe you can read that for us, Sharissa. What sure. does the church say okay. about the Pope? So this is the quote. The Pope is of so great authority and power that he can modify change or interpret even divine laws. The Pope can modify divine laws since his power is not of man but of God. Wow. Yeah. So this fulfills the words of Daniel in Daniel 7.25. Mm-hmm. You would think to change times and laws. The church says it has the power given to it from God to be able to modify, change, or even interpret divine laws, the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is what the church says it is able to do. And, yeah, no, what, you, what else did no, you want to no, say? No, 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 you go. We're okay. running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is um, the church says that it has changed the day of worship mm. from Saturday to Sunday. Why do we observe Sunday instead of Sunday? Why do we observe Saturday, Sunday instead of Saturday? We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred or changed the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. You're quoting the Converts Catechism of I'm, Catholic Doctrine. That's right. And I've got this. I've got this Converts Catechism in my library. Mm. So this is a direct quote from a book that I have in my library from the Reverend Peter Gearman, um, and that's on page 50. And then the church, uh, back in 1923, the Catholic record, it said, Sunday is our mark of authority. The church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. To me, that's just... Very powerful, that quote. I think that's pretty clear. That is pretty clear. (laughs) It doesn't get clearer. It doesn't get clearer. So, folk, um, we're going to continue this discussion. Um, We've just sort of dropped a bit of a bombshell. We're going to continue this discussion after the news and after some music. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Make sure you tune into the breakfast show for giveaways, deep Bible discussions, magnificent music, and noteworthy news. All that and much more every weekday morning on Faith FM. took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun 
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, Temple of Time. And that's what we've been looking at, Sharissa. Amen. I love that song. It's a beautiful (laughs) song, yeah. And the Sabbath really is uh, a temple in time. And I think it's just so beautiful, the Sabbath. I mean, you know, we could do a whole program on the... probably. We probably should. Yeah. Maybe we could do that the following week. How does that sound? Tracing the history of the Sabbath. Yeah, I think that would be really good. So how many of the listeners would like to hear... Raise your hand. Raise your hand. (laughs) We see lots of hands. Any opposed? No, not many at all. If and no. (laughs) Yeah, carried. So I think think we can do that. I think that would be good because the Sabbath is a subject that we need to explore a, a lot more. Like today we're looking at it from the prophetic angle as far as being God's sign, God's seal at the end of time. But there is so much to the Sabbath. It's such a wonderful blessing from creation all the way to redemption. And um, we will continue to enjoy worshipping our Creator God from one Sabbath to another. The Bible Bible says in Isaiah chapter 66 verses 22 and 23. So maybe we can unpack that together next week. And um, yeah, you can lead that discussion. How does that sound? Sounds great. Sounds great. That's what I was hoping for. (laughs) Well, folk, we are in the final stretch um, of our study uh, this afternoon, and we have been taking a look at the seal of God and the mark of the beast. I hope and pray that you have been um, richly blessed. Now, Sharissa, we have we have discovered, uh, according to Scripture and according to the Church of Rome itself, that Sunday is its mark of authority, just as the Sabbath is God's mark of authority. So to the church has... This is the counterfeit. This is the counterfeit. And so we want to take a look at this because there will be some listeners or many listeners that will be asking the question, well, does anyone have the mark of the beast right now? Mm. Like there are millions of faithful, God-loving Christians that worship on Sunday. And many of them not only go to church on Sunday, but they keep Sunday holy. Like once upon a time, Christians used to keep Sunday holy. Today, it's kind of like a couple of hours and then they're off to the shops and off to the beach and off to wherever. Mm -hmm. But once upon a time, they used to keep the day holy and sacred. And there are many today that still do that. So there may be some asking the question, I keep Sunday holy Sorry, or, 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 or I worship on Sunday. Does that mean I have the mark of the beast right now? 
Mm. So, can we answer that question from Scripture? Absolutely. Okay, so where do we go to for the answer? So, I'm in Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. Okay. Just refreshing what the Bible actually says. Mm -hmm. It says, He causes all, this is this beast, power, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So it clearly says there mm. that he causes. Mm-hmm. Forces. Forces, yeah. Everyone to receive this mark. And, and that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. So no one has the mark so right no now. So no one has the mark right now. So, folk, we want you to be super-duper clear. No one has the mark of the beast now. Right now, but that day is coming. Mm-hmm. That day is coming, and we'll see in just a moment how how that day is drawing ever closer. I'm going to go to some some interesting um, yeah current events mm. that have been taking place not in a not too distant future. Now, before we do that, before we do that, um, you can get the seal of God only in your forehead, but you can get the mark of the beast not only in your forehead but in your right hand. Mm-hmm. Why the difference? And so, what is what is the forehead? What does the hand symbolize? So foreheads where we make our decisions. Mm-hmm. Our, so in, that's why it's interesting. We're only sealed. Mm. God seals us in our forehead because we're not saved by anything that we do. It's mm. just the choice of surrender to Him. Mm-hmm. But the mark of the beast can be received in your right hand or in your forehead. So by going along with the crowd, mm-hmm. even though I may not agree with the crowd, mm-hmm. but if I do what the crowd wants me to do, I'm receiving the mark of the beast instead of accepting the seal of God, mm. allowing him to seal me. Or I can consciously choose to yeah. to receive the mark by disobeying God. That's a really good summary. So, so to put it in a nutshell, you can receive the seal of God only by choice, by surrender. I like that word that you use, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and receiving his gift of grace okay. and having his image His character stamped upon you. Mm. Or you can receive the mark of the beast by choice or by compulsion. Mm. One of the two, choice or compulsion. In the right hand, which is a symbol of work, um, that's by compulsion. And so that's where where a lot of people um, have been asking, well, the COVID vaccine, is that possibly the mark of the beast? Because as we pointed out earlier in our program, the this COVID pass that is coming out in a number of countries, Israel and, and the European Union that are considering it, where unless you have the unless you've been vaccinated, you're not able to go in certain hotels, you're not able to go to certain gyms, you're not even able to go to certain synagogues or synagogues in general there in Israel. So some people are wondering, hey, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be um, inhibited in my buying and selling in my where I can go and where I can't go. So that's where they, that's where the confusion is. And isn't that just like the devil? Mm. Isn't that just like the devil to muddy the waters? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so folk, uh, don't get, um, yeah, don't get all perturbed, um, by, by the vaccine from a worship point of view. I'm not a, a, a health expert, so I can't comment from a health point of view, but certainly the vaccine whether it be Pfizer, whether it be AstraZeneca, whether it be whatever, is not the mark of the beast. That's right. And it's interesting, too, what we just read about how he will prevent buying and selling mm. of those who don't. Um, you know, the world's changing and we're moving into a cashless society. Yeah. COVID's really pushed us along that path a lot sooner. So that control of buying and selling is a lot easier today than it used to be. That's right. Well, people don't carry money 
yeah. much anymore. I mean, like I've hardly got any money in my wallet these days. I've got a credit card, um, <laughs> but I don't have any money. Not that I did when I didn't have a credit card. I still didn't have much money in my wallet. <laughs> my wife had it all. Yeah. Uh, she couldn't trust me. She's like, I'll give you, if I give you more than five bucks, you lose it or whatever. You don't know where you spent it. So anyway. I got a quick red herring to go share. Go for it. Go for it. With the word for Mark here in Revelation, mm-hmm. it's, I've got a, on, here on my computer, mm-hmm. Charagma. I probably yeah. said that wrong. But it's also a word that's used for the branding of an animal, so a sign yeah. of ownership. Now, it's interesting if you look back in the dark history of slavery mm-hmm. when slaves would escape often their owners would go look for them this is in uh, America and mm-hmm. there's, there's records in history of mm-hmm. them being branded with the mark of the owner so like they were bl- branded as slavery so I just see this very interesting because we can be a slave to sin slave to disobedience and, mm-hmm. and it's a sign of being owned by the taskmaster of sin, or we can be free. Mm. And God sets us free. The Ten Commandments begins, you know, not just with you shall have no other gods before me, but it begins with I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, mm. out of the house of bondage. I love You're it. You're free. You don't have to be a slave. Amen. That was powerful. You want to keep going? I'm done. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Folk, for no extra cost, you got that powerful insight. Well, that was very, very powerful. And that's, and that is just a, a beautiful, a beautiful illustration mm-hmm. of that. I really love that. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to, um, Sunday being set apart, and this is a day that's going to be set apart worldwide. Mm. So this is not just in one corner of the world. This is going to be, uh, according to scripture, Sunday will be enforced as the day that will be set apart. Now, what it's going to look like, how it's going to be, how it's going to be rolled out, I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but Sunday will certainly be rolled out worldwide as the day, as the day that will bring about, I guess, unity, peace, harmony, health and happiness and so on and so forth. And there is a growing, there is certainly a growing interest and a growing call to set apart Sunday as a special day for worship, family, rest, preserving the environment, eradicating poverty and the universal common good. Ooh, that's the a buzzword. The universal <laughs> common good. Yes, indeed. We've only got a few minutes left, and so I'm just going to zip through these and just give you a few highlights. Mm. Well, firstly, way back in 1998, um, Pope John Paul II, he put out an encyclical entitled Days Domini, or The Day of the Lord, in regards to keeping the Lord's Day holy. And he wasn't speaking of the Sabbath, Charissa. He was speaking of the first day of the week. That was a, 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 an incredible encyclical. Then we move forward. So we move forward and I've got, um, I've got uh, a news headline here from the Vatican um, news website, news.va. And this was May 16, 2012. Pope says a family's right to work and Sunday rest. It's a family's right to have Sunday as a day of rest. And so families are really struggling. You know, that's not news to anyone. And so setting aside one day in the week for the family to come together is a real blessing. That would appeal to religious and non-religious absolutely, people. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm just really just giving a few highlights. You can go online and you can check out a whole heap more folk, and I'd encourage you to do that. Um, Associated Press, um, another news um, item from July 6, 2014. And uh, this time Pope Francis uh, was saying keeping stores open on Sunday is not beneficial for society. And so there is a growing push to to keep the stores closed on Sunday. Especially even since COVID. Especially since COVID. Yeah, so there's a whole heap more we could do. We could do a whole program on this. 
There's an interesting um, website, and it's called the Lord's Day Alliance, and it's uh, from the United States of America. And this group um, put out an article uh, that was entitled "Sunday as a Mark of Christian Unity." Using that language from scripture. Wow. <laughs> Sunday as a mark of Christian unity. And that was simply saying that Sunday is the day when all Christians can unite and come together. And it's a sign of unity. Um, from the UK, uh, there is a group there that, um, have got a website and it's, uh, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a significant, um, group with a lot of influence. And, uh, I went to their website, which is entitled Keeping Sunday Special. Keeping Sunday Special. So that's from that point of view. Um, you know, it had, it had a statistic here. This is from back in 2005. 87% of people think it is important for family, stability, and community life to have a common day off each week. 87%. And why wouldn't you want to have a day off each week? Yeah, if the whole world is going to be brought to this decision on mm. worship, when most of Australia is not religious, mm. like it's got to have some other appeals to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And just um, the latest, Time Magazine. Oh, I subscribe tell to Time us Magazine. about your favourite magazine. My favourite magazine. Um, this is the latest Time Magazine um, from April 26th to May 3, so it's, a, it's over two weeks. Climate is everything is the main headline. <laughs> Subtitle, How the Pandemic Can Lead Us to a Better, Greener World. So the environment um, is being linked with the pandemic, which is being linked with family, which is being linked to rest, which is being linked to the economy, the whole thing is being linked one after the other. So, folk, we are we are getting very, very close um, to the end. We're going to come back in a few moments to wrap up. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Satan, love, bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Announce the name of Jesus or be slain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe a lie to chill their hearts Those who claim to the cross will refuse and pay the cost As God redeems his own from the sea of hate Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain, you got everything to
Thank you. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that item from the Forbes family. Which way will you choose? What will you choose? And really, Sharissa, that's what we've been talking about this afternoon. The two choices that the entire world will have at the end of time, either allegiance to the creator God, Jesus Christ, or the counterfeit. That's right. Yeah. So it's going to be the ways of God or the ways of man, Mm -hmm. truth or tradition. It's a very clear choice. It's a very clear choice. The third angel's message is all about your choice. It's right there in those verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. Those four verses show the clear choice that every single person has. Amen. And what a blessing that God has made this so crystal clear, Sharissa. Amen. What a blessing indeed. And um, next week, uh, we are going to be unpacking the blessings of the Sabbath. So that's next week. So you won't want to miss next week's um, next week's episode on looking up. Sharissa is going to um, lead us in that, and it's just going to be just a real treat. So you want to be tuning in next week. That's right. When you see what God has to offer oh, us, it's so attractive. It like is. The mark of the beast, as we've talked about today, it's, yeah. a, it's a human attempt to stop, substitute a human day based on human authority, based on man's works. Mm. God's way is so much more attractive. It is, it is, it is. So we're going to look at that in a lot more detail next week. But right now, Sharissa, we have an incredible giveaway. Boy, oh boy, you want to have nimble fingers right now. Sharissa, what are we giving away to the first person that calls or texts? All right, so we're giving away a book. (laughs) And it's called From Sabbath to Sunday, and it's written by, I believe, a man named Carlisle Haynes. And, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating study of the historical aspects of the Sabbath question showing how, when, and why, and by whom the change from the seventh to the first day of the week was made as a day of worship. Powerful, powerful. And how, what are the numbers again? So if people want to get that book, it's the first in, first served. So 1-800-324-843. If you call us on 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Wow, fantastic. Did you say 669? There I weren't did. three sixes. There was it. Well, there's three in the number. Zero six four six. Yeah. So, folk, um, first person in will get that great book. Um, that will really just give you so much more information on the topic we've looked at. Now, Sharissa, we always close with a prayer. We thank God for our time together, and we also pray for our listeners. Yes. So, do you want to lead us in that prayer, please? Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for your word, which truly is a lamp to our feet and a light mm, to our heart. We thank you for the truth of your word and how clear it is when we study it. And we just pray for all of our listeners. For some of them, it might be the first time they've heard these things. For others, it might be a second. But Lord, we pray, whoever they are, wherever they are, that your Holy Spirit will help them to more wonderfully understand the truth that we have in your word, in Jesus Christ, that we might follow him wherever he leads. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Sharissa. Well, folk, we are very much getting into the final seconds, into the final minute of this program that has gone by so, so quickly each and every time. It just zips by, doesn't it, Sharissa? It does. The two hours, the fastest two hours of my week uh, here <laughs> on Looking Up and Faith FM. So, folk, uh, just, just remember and don't ever forget that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always keeps looking up. Amen. So keep looking up. The closer we draw to the coming of Jesus, the more we ought to look up because our redemption is drawing near. So we're living in exciting times. It's never been more exciting to be alive on planet Earth than right now. So may God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your week. We can't wait till we 
till we connect again next Wednesday, same time, same place. God bless and bye for now. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. When there's oh, I think I got it right on. Keep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Should the tears begin to start? With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me. God